This is episode 625 of the AWS podcast, released on September 28th, 2023. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the AWS podcast. So much here with you. Great to have you back, and we are introducing something new today, which is always cool to talk about. And to help us do that, I'm joined by Ryan Coleman, who is Principal Product Manager here at AWS for Serverless Application Experience. Welcome to the podcast, Ryan. Thank you. Hello. It's good to have you here to talk to us about something brand new. So let's dive into it. We're talking today about AWS Application Composer. And so the fundamental question of all these new things that come out for customers is, what is it? Yeah. And on audio medium, no less, we're going to talk about a a visual canvas. Yeah. So it's a browser-based developer tool that's focused on this uh, visual canvas. So imagine the AWS architecture diagrams you create or you see around the internet. It's taking sort of that approach. And instead of writing a static diagram, you're drawing a diagram on a canvas that's creating or maintaining infrastructure as code as you go. So it's really trying to solve that gap between, which is, let's face it, has always existed, I think, in IT, which is I draw the picture of what I want to build, then I go ahead and build it. But the connection between the two is often manual or rework, or if I've done it once, but then I make a change on either end, the changes aren't reflect. This is kind of trying to solve a, a problem that I think you've had experience with for a long time now. Yeah, so for me, I have been working on in the infrastructure's code space for about a decade, uh, mostly at a company that focused on data center configuration management, and then later on one that focused on AWS managed services. And in both of those cases, the code you are writing is really trying to get ideas out of your head and codify them into this durable artifact that you can repeat over time. And so for AWS, you see that with CloudFormation, you see that with CDK, there's a lot of third-party frameworks that help you do that. But one missing link in that sort of artifact is that then you've got all this complexity in code. You then need to kind of load back into your head. To me, that's, that's the diagramming aspect. That's where the visual approach. And if you can merge those, which Application Composer tries to do, then you really have the benefit of both worlds. You get the durable source of truth that you can run through a Git-based workflow, and you have this crisp visual that helps you as the human understand what's going on. And I guess that's also probably pretty useful for folks who are coming maybe new to a project or to a team to assimilate. It's one thing to throw them repo and say, go read the code, which has its merits, but it's kind of nice to start with a diagram. It's a bit of a map of where you're going. And for our approach, it's not trying to be either or. It's not you should either be in the visual tool or you should be looking at the code base. It's kind of giving you both at all times. So there's no one-way door here where you create code in the visual and you can never again sort of interact with it in your IDE or in your Git you know, peer review process. It, it's both. Doesn't lock you out. Serverless applications can be different, can feel different. You spend all your time in this space now. What do developers need to think about when they're building serverless applications? And this to me is the most fascinating aspect. And if I could digress back to my personal experience, when I went into the data center automation game, I started in professional services and I was showing up at clients who, you know, were operators mostly. So sysadmins, you know, DevOps engineer was still a sort of new title. Uh, these folks were learning both automation of distributed systems. So they're familiar with sort of a bash script they've written personally and maybe executed it over SSH. But now they're learning, how do I automate thousands, tens of thousands, millions of systems all through one framework? That sort of concept is being learned while they're learning infrastructure as code and Git-based workloads for the first time. 
Now, when you talk about serverless, it's really eerie to me how much this sort of same characteristic applies. Now, this is serving developers. Those developers are usually familiar with version control, but they're not necessarily familiar with the infrastructure as code framework, or at least not in the depth that's required. Because if you think about what a typical developer sees from infrastructure as code, it's standing up a pipeline, it's standing up a database, it's standing up maybe a cluster for a container service. But when you talk about managed services on a cloud like AWS, you've got lots and lots of services. So your queues are infrastructure, but they're also an application service. Same thing with your functions, your APIs, all this stuff. And so you have that sort of infrastructure as code challenge, but you also have this event-driven architecture challenge. If you're new to that space, you have to think in terms of all these little microservices and how they interact, how to integrate them together. And all of that is both conceptual and then literal configuration that you need to get it going. It's interesting because I guess on the one hand, serverless can be quicker, faster, and easier or more powerful depending on what you're trying to solve for. But until you know how to make it work for you, it can be clunky if you're kind of not doing it right. And it's interesting if I think about my own process when I'm trying to design a system, I'm drawing pictures and circles and diagrams and arrows. And and then typically I'll go through and think, well, what can I, which services can I use to solve for this problem? But then the implementation part, now I've got to think about my IAM credentials. I've got to think about all my other configuration policy requirements. I want to be well architected. This kind of helps roll that together, doesn't it? It sort of binds it into the one thing. Yes. And it's, to me, one of the next milestones for serverless as a movement. It's got this promise of helping you get an idea into production really fast. And if you've already sort of learned these components we've been talking about, you can't realize that gain. It's countless customers have done that. It, it can be a very powerful thing. But until you get over that learning curve, it's sort of an upfront experience you have to go through. And you just mentioned a few of the key characteristics. So let's assume for a moment you've got a picture in your head, all those sort of boxes and arrows you've drawn on a whiteboard with your colleagues. You know the architecture, you've read the blogs, you sort of have a sense of, I'm going to bind this function with this API. I'm going to have this function interact with a Dynamo table. I might need some queuing to kind of persist events and, and interact with them over time. You've got all your boxes and arrows. Now you can use the AWS console and each of these individual services provide great tools. You can stand up all these services. And then some of them you can integrate, but then you, of course, let's say you get it working, you have to go repeat it in a way that you can demonstrate to your team that you can bring into your Git process. So that's you know where Application Composer has tried to bridge the gap of how do you make it simple to find the services that are in your head, get them configured, then integrate them, where that integration means strong IAM policies, it means event subscriptions where applicable, it means sharing environment data in that IAC framework so that one resource has data about the other, right? Those kinds of things. And then repeat that over dozens of services. So I'm going to set you a challenge here, Ryan, is that we are working in an auditory medium here, <laughs> no visual requirements at all, but we're going to talk about a completely visual tool and I want you to describe it for us. So paint for us a, a word picture, if you will, about the use of Application Composer and how it simplifies that experience. In the AWS Management Console, you can find Application Composer in the Dev Tools section or find it by search. And then once you launch it, it's this you know, diagram canvas, right? The little dots on a grid. And you can 
grab services, today the most common AWS managed services. So think Lambda functions, DynamoDB tables, S3 buckets for sure. You can drag a little card that has that service onto it, onto this grid and, or, you know, move it around, make sure it sort of matches that picture that's in your head. And then you can start clicking on that card and dragging lines to other cards from your function to your S3 bucket, for example. And as you sort of start to doodle and, and diagram these resources together, there's also this template view that you can click into and it transforms from the diagram to a YAML document. And that could be one you brought yourself as, as a starting point, or you could be starting from scratch. In either case, composers reading and writing that template as you go, as you make changes in the diagram or as you make changes in the code, it's updating both. And that's the core loop. You can drag resources on, connect them, you can edit the properties of those resources, and you can do it in either mode, and the whole thing is just kind of kept up to date. That's nifty that that sort of back and forth. It kind of means you can cross-reference too. If you if you're a bit of a guru when it comes to infrastructure as code, you can verify: Am I doing what I think I'm doing? Conversely, if you're new to it, you can say: Well, when I do this connection, what does it actually create? So it's all very transparent. That's right. And so many of the customers I'm working with today are both. They've got people on the team who, in this case, are AWS CloudFormation experts. They use this to build their business. They are every day doing very complicated work in CloudFormation. And they're very excited by this tool helping them just get a crisp picture of what their architecture looks like at every iteration, which could be daily, weekly, whatever it is for the team. And they're also very excited about onboarding new people who are not that experienced with CloudFormation. And this expectation is those new teammates will need to learn and contribute CloudFormation infrastructure as code that supports the application they're building, but they don't have to go from zero to 100 on their first onboarding week. They can visualize what's going on with Composer. They can make edits to certain configuration. They could even bring in a new service to start experimenting with, oh, what happens if I add in a queue and refactor SNS to use SQS? They can go through those sorts of exercises without first learning the ins and outs of a framework like CloudFormation. And Composer does it in such a flexible way that you can easily transition. Right? And we see folks on Teams transition their use as they get more experienced. And so for clarity, this is a design tool for infrastructure as code. Would I use it for creating GUIs and, and interfaces and the like? No, this is just about the architecture that you're building your app on. And the use cases it's really good at today are serverless use cases. So think of interactive API-based applications, data processing workflows, stuff of that nature that you would use managed services to support. It's focused solely on helping you stand up all of those services in a reliable and sort of repeatable way so that you can focus on the Lambda function or what objects you're putting into S3. So if I'm not building a serverless app or maybe a little part of my app is serverless, would I still use this or would I say not, not for me? Every CloudFormation template you have, and then we also call uh, AWS SAM, the serverless application model, a superset of CloudFormation. So it's a, a set of syntax that you can use in CloudFormation that simplifies a lot of these common services. You can bring a template in CloudFormation or SAM, and it'll be visualized. So every single thing you can do in CloudFormation, your EC2 instances, all the way to your Lambda functions. The difference really is what gets built for you automatically as you diagram that's today limited to the serverless use cases I mentioned. 
So that's really interesting. So this is not just for new applications. It could be for, for other things. I, I guess what you're saying here is this is for new users, experienced users, new apps for old apps. It, it kind of can span quite a few different things. We very much see this as a journey a long time. So you may not be doing an active serverless project, but you've got a thousand line CloudFormation YAML document of an app stack that your team owns. We see people bringing that into Composer just to visualize. And once you're visualizing, we also add some features in there like grouping. You can visually group resources together. And we're not talking about AWS resource groups here. We're talking about just a visual group mechanism that helps you sort of contextualize sets of resources. So you could say, my billing stack are these 12 resources. You can select all of those, put them in a group, label them billing. And we see people using Composer today just for that. That's the value they're getting out of it. It's a visualization for their CloudFormation architecture. And if you want to experiment with adding an S3 bucket that processes messages from a queue and then sends them off to a function for processing, you can quickly prototype that using the sort of build experience in Composer. Nice. Now, how does this fit in with, I guess, our other tools? I mean, we've got AWS SAM, we've got CDK. I mean, I was as we've been speaking about this, I'm thinking about a, a project I'm working on at the moment where I'd, I've done my diagram and all my little connections and I was going to you know, roll up the sleeves and crack open CDK and get going. How does this fit into that world? The first part of that question is really the IAC frameworks themselves. There's a lot of variety in this space, and that's great. You mentioned SAM, CDK. There are others like Terraform in the mix. Composer today focuses on the CloudFormation IAC space, but that's a long road ahead to support as many frameworks as possible. Because the idea here is to learn how to read and write these IAC frameworks and make that a power tool for someone who's new to that space. Uh, and it's going to continue to focus on the design aspect of that. So what I mean is interpreting the IAC, understanding which resources are in it, giving you visual diagramming tools around that, and then helping you add new resources to power the next iteration, the next feature of your application. So today that's scoped AWS SAM and AWS CloudFormation. And then the other part of your question is about where in the workflow does this fit? This is definitely a design tool. It's meant to complement though, any tools you're using that are compatible with CloudFormation today. For example, you might have a CI/CD pipeline that takes CloudFormation templates, runs them through CloudFormation Guard to sort of check against compliance policies for the business. Then it goes on to provision stacks in certain AWS account environments. That will just work with the, the template that you design in Composer. You will need to bring that template down to your laptop, and we can talk about how Composer fits into that workflow in a moment. Um, but it'll just work. There's nothing special about what Composer is There's, there's doing. nothing sort of custom or tweaked that we have to worry about, which means it can plug in where you want it to as long as the input is the same, then it should work. That's right. And so for AWS SAM, you can go even farther. That's the serverless application model, and it's both infrastructure as code syntax to simplify certain operations. And there's a CLI that focuses on helping you build, iteratively test your application, deploy it into sort of development-focused AWS accounts. There's even some pipeline features that you can use. If you don't have a basic CI-CD setup, it'll get you one really quick. Uh, and then there's this accelerate feature, which is designed to watch your project as you work. So as you make edits to your Lambda code, it'll synchronize those with the Lambda API so you can invoke it and see your changes reflected in real time. As you add infrastructure resources to your template, it'll update those. 
in CloudFormation in real time so that you can just focus of your in your IDE making changes. So that's just an example of the kind of tooling you can pair with Application Composer because Composer just focuses on the ISE layer, help you design it, and then work seamlessly with the other tools you might have. That sounds really cool. So this is kind of a, a great starting point. I'm just I'm just visualizing again my own project is that I could sit down, put that drawing that I've done on, on a piece of paper into into this particular service, into Composer, and it's going to give me a great starting point. And then I could use SAM to actually continue with my build, test, and deploy process refined fashion and a repeatable fashion. And I'm doing very little work, but I'm getting quite a sophisticated pipeline going. That's right. Now, I mentioned at the top that this is a browser-based tool. So I imagine an open question for our listeners is how do you get that infrastructure as code template out? Yes. So you can upload and download just like any other browser. That's sort of a default experience. But for Chrome-based browsers that support a specific browser API called the File System Access API, we've enabled this mode we called connected mode. Leveraging that browser API, Composer can connect directly. You brand it session-based credentials, and it will take a folder on your disk and read in what's there. It'll connect to your template. And once you're connected to that specific project, to that specific template, and where your Lambda functions are, or whatever the assets are you have in your project, you can edit on either direction, and the changes will be reflected in the other. So for example, if I connect Composer to my local project, say I've checked out via Git my project, and I have Visual Studio Code or any other IDE open with that project, I connect Composer, and then I can drag in through that visual workflow a new S3 bucket onto the canvas. That S3 bucket's configuration will show up in my IDE. I might use the IDE to manipulate the YAML to change the configuration of my bucket and I'll save the file in my IDE. That change will immediately be updated in the visual canvas. So this, this connection is bi-directional in nature and lets you kind of connect any local dev tools you're already running to this browser-based designer. That's a very cool, very cool way to, to automate the process. This is available now. So customers can go and, uh, and give it a go and see what they think. Oh, yes. There's a lot of potential and there's a lot of interesting feedback from folks already. And we welcome everyone to drop us a note. Let us know what you want. There's a feedback link in the lower left-hand corner of the console, which will be familiar to most of you. And then we ask for feedback at various points in the experience and our team reads everyone. Fantastic. Ron, thanks so much for coming on the show and telling us all about it. Yeah, thank you for having me. And thanks everyone for listening. We do love to get your feedback at podcast at amazon.com is the place to do it. And until next time, keep on building.